welcome to Date Night at the Movies, or How I Spent My Babysitter Money. I am Jordan, and I am flying solo today. Uh, I went to have a date night by myself because they tell me you have to learn how to love yourself. Um, something like that, at least. Uh, today, we are talking John Wick 3, and here's why. So, Jess is out of town for a couple weeks, and I've been working on a few projects in the studio, and I've been pulling some really late nights, like three, four in the morning, and then wake up and do it all over again. And frankly, I just needed a break, so I wanted to go see a movie. Uh, Jess has not had the chance to see the first two John Wick movies yet, and we were thinking about trying to basically binge them all and then go see the third one, but that is a lot of John Wick and a lot of gunshots to fit in uh, in like a two or three days span. Uh, so we just haven't had a chance to have her see them yet. Uh, we're going to work on that, but just didn't happen. So I decided I was going to go see John Wick 3 because I've already seen the first two. She wasn't going to necessarily be able to see it while we were in the theaters. And that just seemed well enough for me. So here I am by myself. This is kind of an experiment for me too because honestly, I can't see the show being infinitely as interesting as whenever Jessica's here. I think I phrased that right. Yeah. Um, A, it's just more fun to talk about movies with somebody else and not feel like you're a crazy person sitting alone in a room talking about a movie. Uh, B, she's just a very interesting person and I like talking movies with her. I thought about doing the whole episode like talking to a an invisible person, kind of doing the Pee-wee's Big Adventure voice when he gets trapped by bikers, like, I swear we let him go! But I'm not going to subject you to that. I'm not going to subject me to that. Let's put it that way. So I'm going to sit here and just kind of talk John Wick 3. So I'm going to go with an easy rating system. Uh, we're going to rate this in bullets. And I'm going to give this movie three and a quarter. I liked it. I think I wanted to like it more than I actually did like it, but I still liked it. I was still entertained. Um, the action scenes are great. Keanu Reeves is very solid in it. I'm very glad to see him kind of get his Matthew McConaughey-style renaissance because I never saw what people were always talking about Keanu Reeves just being terrible. Like, I feel the same way about him that I do about Kurt Russell, is that you never see him show up in a movie and just think, oh, this sucks. Uh, so I've always liked him, even whenever I was younger and I would laugh at the family guy jokes about it, I was always secretly kind of like, well, I don't see what the big deal is. Honestly, if he'd never been cast in Dracula, I think people would have been able to give him a fair shot. Because if you go back to the movies that he was making in the mid to late 80s, uh, if you talk like River's Edge and My Own Private Idaho and like the really like heavy dramas that he was doing, he's actually really good in them. And he's just... You can tell that he just plays humanity well. So that's what I like about him. Uh, I liked this movie. Um, the action scenes were good. I really, really wanted to get Jess's insight on some of these. Because there were times where I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I could also see there were maybe times where I'd be like, that's cool. And she's just like, no, that kind of sucked. But, you know, these are these are really solidly uh, choreographed movies. What I liked about this one, too, is that it wasn't necessarily... It didn't always feel choreographed. Some of the fighting felt sloppy, and some of it kind of felt like, you know, oh, I'm in this room, I have no gun, what am I going to use to fight this guy? And just kind of, you know, made up on the spot. And so I think they did a really good job at making that seem pretty natural. Um, just so you guys know, 
this isn't going to be a typical episode. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and talk about this for an hour by myself. It's kind of a little capsule review type of thing. Um, so I'm just going to go on ahead and say now, spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, because I'm not going to do 20 minutes of non-spoilers and then 20 minutes of spoilers. I'm just going to kind of keep going as I'm thinking about things. So you have been warned. I have been fair. Spoiler alert from here on out. Um, let's see. Who all is in this movie? Uh, Keanu Reeves, like I said, he's really good. Halle Berry shows up, and she's solid. Uh, I wouldn't say she's putting on a great performance, but she's solid. Uh, Ian McShane is in it, and he's always awesome to watch. I haven't gotten to see the uh, Deadwood movie yet, but I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, and then uh, Jason Manzoukas shows up in this. Uh, he plays the TikTok man. It's really almost like a glorified cameo, and honestly, I thought it would have worked better had they used even less of him. But, you know... He, he has really one scene where he says anything, and then the other two scenes, he's literally just walking and standing there. So it's kind of like they gave him a really cool cameo, and then they relegated him to henchman level. But, you know, it was good. Um, music in this movie was done by Tyler Bates and Joel J. Richardson, I believe. And I wasn't very familiar with Joel J. Richardson. I'm assuming that he's uh, somebody who's worked with Tyler Bates for a while. Um, Tyler Bates, I think... In the last few years, pretty much since Guardians on, he's gotten to be a really solid composer. Um, he does the orchestral stuff, but he started out as uh, Rob Zombie's guitar player, I believe. Um, so, and of course, you know, he did the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. He's done a few of the other Rob Zombie movies. Um, and he, a lot of his stuff is very guitar-based, and he does a really good job with it, and a really good job of like creating textures and soundscapes from it. He plays this uh, instrument. It's a custom-made instrument. I mean, not custom-made for him. It's basically hand-built, one-off. The company does this. They're called guitar viols. And what they are is they're guitars. <clears throat> they're strong. You play them exactly like you would a guitar, but it's kind of a hybrid between a guitar and a cello. So you can strum it, you can pluck it, but it's also designed to be able to be bowed like a cello. So there's a lot of stuff on here that where you can't really tell if that's a guitar or if that's a cello, and that's kind of the point. And it's a really cool instrument. I definitely plan on adding one to my collection just as soon as I get you know six, $7,000 to do that. And that just might not happen anytime too soon, and I'm going to live with it and move on. Um, if you really want to see what this looks like, uh, in John Wick 2, there's the scene where he goes to, there's like an outdoor concert type of thing, and he's talking to somebody, uh, talking to somebody backstage, I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but Tyler Bates actually shows up as the guitar player in that band and he's playing the guitar viol. So you actually get a really good idea of what it is and what it looks like. So I definitely recommend, uh, next time you watch John Wick 2, focus on that. Um, but yeah, the music all, overall was really good. Uh, it had some orchestral elements in it. A lot of it was very electronic, kind of Matrixy, because that's kind of the zeitgeist of a lot of these, you know, pure action movies. Uh, but I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I can't hum anything from it, but in the context of the movie, it worked really well. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to kind of get into the reasons why I wasn't just super stoked on this movie. Again, I really wanted to like it. Uh, like, I wanted to like it so much. I had heard going into it, oh, this is the best one in the trilogy. Uh, this is one of the best action movies I'd ever seen. So maybe I had some raised expectations because of that. 
But to me, it didn't stand out over John Wick 1 or John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, the reason being is mostly the script. Uh, in John Wick 1, the reason why I like these movies is because there is no reason for them to work as well as they do. John Wick 1, as you watch the movie, you can tell that they were just trying to figure out how to get from one point to the other in terms of like storytelling and scripting and things like that. Like You can kind of see the seams in the story itself, but they pulled it off and it works and I really liked it. Uh, John Wick 2, I think the script was a little stronger. They built out the world a little more, and they had an easier time getting from one place to the other. So I think I was expecting them to expand on that as well. And they did that. You know, they definitely expanded on the world, and they kind of showed how it's a worldwide organization, or I guess community is really more what it would be. But the script itself and the story itself just seemed like they were trying very hard to make it work. It kind of went back to being able to see the seams of the story like you could in the first one, but I thought I could see the seams even more obvious this time. Uh, it starts off exactly where John Wick 2 uh, left off, which I thought was cool, and of course Keanu Reeves is an ageless vampire, so it doesn't matter that there's been a few years between the two movies. But... As you go on, like they start to give reasons for this and reasons for this and reasons for this, and it all feels very convoluted. And really, at the end of the day, the story points that they hit throughout the course of the movie didn't really mean anything because it was all just kind of thrown away at the very end. Uh, it was thrown away. A lot of his motivation was thrown away right before the end of the movie. And then at the very end of the movie, and I won't tell you exactly what happens, but it is incredibly thrown away. So at the end of the day, this journey that we went on with the guy didn't really mean anything. And that was my biggest problem with it. Uh, also, so I mentioned I really liked the fights. Towards the beginning of the movie, again, they felt a little sloppy. Uh, he literally kills a guy with an old copy of Dante's Inferno, which I am always a fan of when they find creative ways for action movies to... Uh, resolve a fight like that. I'm not sitting here being like, oh, dude, I can't wait to see who gets killed and how bloody it is. Like, that's not why I watch these movies, although maybe on some primal level it is anyway. Uh, but, like, that movie Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen from the late 2000s. I haven't seen it since I was really obsessed with it as, uh, as a late teenager, young adult. Um... But I remember being like, okay, I'm down with this because they have Clive Owen kill a guy with a carrot in the first five minutes of the movie. So, you know, I can always get on board when somebody finds a creative way like that. However, as the movie went on, it became, it became such an onslaught of action that it just kind of numbed me to everything as it went on. And the last fight sequence in the movie, which happens between a few different people... Uh, in a few different groups. It was probably the most video gamey movie fight I have ever seen. To the point where I was able to figure out how he was going to beat these people based upon the mechanics of what's going on. Uh, for those of you who listen who don't play video games, uh, typically whenever you're fighting the boss of a level, um, they start to telegraph ways where it's like, oh, this is what I'm going to use to defeat them. It's like, oh, he gets weak and he has to go back and recharge from this thing. Oh, I figure I'm going to have to sabotage this thing to stop him from recharging himself. As the fights went on, they really started telegraphing that. So I was able to be like, oh, yeah, if he eventually he's going to just keep smashing through the floor and that's going to take care of these guys. 
Um, the level, again, I'm talking about like a video game. The the set design for these particular fights, I almost said level design because again, it looked like level design from a video game. And I love video games. I play video games, but it was a little distracting to be sitting there watching a movie and being able to figure out, oh, how's this boss fight going to work? You know, to me in a good movie action scene, you shouldn't be thinking of, oh, here's the boss. You should just be thinking, how is he going to get out of this one? But to me, it felt very much like, here's the here's him fighting the drones. Here's him fighting the sub-boss. Here's him fighting the boss. And it just got a little, to be a little too much. Um, but overall, it was, you know, it was good. Again, I was entertained. I'm going to give it a solid three and a quarter. I definitely would recommend watching this movie. Uh, if you are a fan of action movies, you know, it's going to deliver everything you want. Just don't expect it to be at the level of some of the more intelligent action movies out there. Again, it's not it's not a John Woo film, and I you all know me. I will defend Face Off till the day I die, and it is definitely not Face Off. I probably wouldn't even put it up to the level of The Rock, which again I will also defend. But uh, I would say it's probably it's better than Con Air, definitely. Um, you know, and every time I talk about action movies, I tend to go to the Nicolas Cage late 90s trifecta of uh, The Rock, Face Off, and Con Air. But it's just such an easy way to describe these movies, and it's a great way to gauge them. Because for me, Face Off is just at the very top. And The Rock is a really solid movie that I will watch multiple times in a year. And then Con Air is like, oh yeah, this is a stupid, dumb movie, and I will enjoy watching it. So I would definitely say that this is better than Con Air. I'm not sure if I'd quite put it up to The Rock, and I definitely wouldn't put it up to Face Off. But overall, this is a good this is a good movie, and I was entertained. I would say that if you were just going to watch a John Wick movie, uh, the first two I found to be a little more entertaining and a little more intelligent, maybe. It's also been a, f- a little bit since I've seen them, so maybe a lot of this is just subjectivity coming out of my head uh, and out of my mouth into your beautiful, beautiful ears. But that's kind of the way I feel about it, is that I enjoyed watching it. When Jessica wants to watch these movies at some point, I will gladly revisit this one. And I can see this one being one that I like a little better when I'm watching it at home, too. Some movies are just kind of like that. Uh, The last Daniel Craig James Bond movie, Spectre, was a lot like that. I was a little nonplussed when we saw it in the theaters. And then whenever I watched it at home, I was like, okay, I see how this isn't a great movie, but I enjoyed watching it more here. So I can see that being this one. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend uh, going to see it if you haven't already. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that next week, even if we're a little late, that we'll be able to get Jess and I in the same room uh, to go see another movie. Uh, I know today Toy Story 4 and Child's Play came out, and I will have us do a double episode, uh, or two episodes in one day on those movies, because I think it's just too funny that they came out at the same day, and not enough people were talking about that leading up to it. Now you start to see like pieces on the internet talking about it, and I'm just like, no, nah, I noticed that way before. I can't feel too smart about that, though, because uh, I'm sure the studios noticed it way before me. I know that was an intentional thing. Um, we kind of mentioned it last week, too. We missed out on a lot of movies that we really wanted to see this year. Um, I wanted to see Brightburn, which is no longer in theaters that I can find, uh, so I'll see that when it comes out. But one that we were both really bummed about, and I don't think we gave it its proper credit and due uh, whenever we mentioned it, is we really wanted to see Booksmart, uh, directed by Olivia Wilde. Uh, and I can't remember the actress's name. I really wanted to see that, and I feel bad that I'm part of the reason that it didn't do as well, Uh, because to me, the fact that it didn't do as well, and it was out of theaters like within a month, um, 
it's going to give more ammo to people who say who are basically not down for women filmmakers and women crew behind the scenes, you know, because this movie was largely put together by women. Um, and I hate that we didn't get to go support it in the theaters. So I just want to say, A, if there's a movie that you really want to go see, find a way to do that. You know, honestly, if Jess and I didn't do the podcast, we probably would have found an easier way to do that. But us going to see a movie now isn't just going to see a two-hour movie. It's doing a two-hour movie plus two hours in the studio. So sometimes we just have to pick and choose what we have time to do. Uh, not a lack of desire. It's a lack of time. But also, I really want to put out there, support women filmmakers. They are not getting their fair shot. I think it's still less than 10% of major movies are being directed by females. And that's something that definitely needs to change. So if there's a movie that you're mildly interested in that is directed by a female, definitely go out and support it. Def and if you like it, definitely tell people why you liked it and try and convince people to go. Because that's really something that I feel very strongly about. Um, even if Jessica wasn't as strong of a director and filmmaker and storyteller as she is, I really think that... Uh, there needs to be a more even playing field. And I'm so thankful for places like Netflix, where a lot of uh, female directors and uh, directors of color are getting their chance to tell their stories. So like I said, if you, there's one that you are mildly interested in that's directed by a female or a person of color, go see that. And if you enjoyed it, enjoyed it enough to where you'd actually want to watch it again especially go shout it from the mountaintops and get people out there to watch them again we want to see people back in movie theaters you know it's a magical experience and i love it uh even a movie like this which i wasn't just like i wasn't dying to see you know i didn't go to a movie today because i was like oh man i have to see john wick i just had to get to a movie and it was a good relaxing experience for me especially because all the children were in toy story 4 so yeah, uh, I'm off my soapbox. I'm off about John Wick. Um, go see it. You'll enjoy it if you like that type of movie. And if you don't like that type of movie, it is not going to give you anything special to try and convince you. Uh, until next time, I am Jordan. Jess sends her best. And this has been Date Night at the Movies. We'll see y'all later.